Hello and welcome to an all-new episode of Poetry Spoken Here. I am producer and technical director Jack Rossiter-Munley. For this episode, we went back into the Poetry Spoken Here archives to put together a collection of poems that speak to the present moment. In the United States, the repeated murders of black people by the police, which have been captured on video and widely circulated, have led to a moment of national reckoning on race and policing. The first poem in today's episode addresses that issue head-on. It was widely shared on social media in the wake of George Floyd's murder and was written by recent Pulitzer Prize winner Jericho Brown. Last year, I got to travel to Madrid, Spain, and record Jericho reading at the Unamuno Author Festival. You can listen to his full reading in episode 100 of Poetry Spoken Here, but for today, here is Jericho Brown with bullet points. Bullet points. I will not shoot myself in the head, and I will not shoot myself in the back, and I will not hang myself with a trash bag, and if I do, I promise you, I will not do it in a police car while handcuffed or in the jail cell of a town I only know the name of because I have to drive through it to get home. Yes, I may be at risk, but I promise you, I trust the maggots who live beneath the floorboards of my house to do what they must to any carcass more than I trust an officer of the law of the land to shut my eyes like a man of God might or to cover me with a sheet so clean my mother could have used it to tuck me in. When I kill me, I will do it the same way most Americans do. I promise you cigarette smoke, or a piece of meat on which I choke, or so broke I freeze in one of these winters we keep calling worst. I promise if you hear of me dead anywhere near a cop, then that cop killed me. He took me from us and left my body, which is, no matter what we've been taught, greater than the settlement a city can pay a mother to stop crying, and more beautiful than the new bullet fished from the folds of my brain. Now, this might seem incongruous, but trust me, it all connects. I am a big tennis fan. Not long after the nationwide protests began in the wake of George Floyd's murder, I saw a video of a young tennis player, this phenomenon. Her name is Coco Goff. You may have heard of her. And she was speaking at a Black Lives Matter rally. She's signed to Roger Federer's sports agency, and last year she beat Venus Williams at Wimbledon. So she's going places. But she's only 16 years old. And something she said at that rally stuck with me. But we have to understand that this has been going on for years. This is not just about George Floyd. This is about Trayvon Martin. This is about Eric Garner. This is about Breonna Taylor. This is about stuff that's been happening. I I was eight years old when Trayvon Martin was killed. So why am I here at 16 still demanding change? Hearing her speak, I realized there's a generation of young people who've grown up steeped in the contemporary conversation on race and policing. And they're demanding change. Our next poet is Marin Lovey Wright Kerr. When she guested on Poetry Spoken Here back in February of 2019, she was serving as the youngest ever Youth Poet Laureate of Baltimore and as the Northeast Regional Youth Poet Laureate. You can hear the rest of her interview and reading in episode 85 of Poetry Spoken Here. Here's her poem, 
Pig Latin. After reading it, she tells host Charlie Rossiter the specific moment that inspired her to write it. All right, so this one is called um, Pig Latin. E way ont day ever ye et gay irte of ye etting gay away ye ithway erdeme. Translation We don't ever get tired of getting away with murder. Enteyoche, ten shots. Ang bay, yang bay, yang bay, yang bay, yang bang, 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 bang. In 2012, a farmer was eaten by his pigs after falling into their enclosure. By the time anyone came looking for him, only his dentures were left. You might call us Ixpay, but you're the ones in the pen. We not cops, we chefs. We just make that bacon, just bacon, like we protect and serve the public, just to serve the public on a silver platter. It's only fair. If you can throw a pigskin, we're entitled to catch bodies. Our taste is specific. We are protein serving as our protein serving. We like red meat meeting concrete. It's not even rare anymore because we still get a well done on the report. You might call us Ixpay, but we are not responsible. After all, all we do is raise the stakes. You're the ones raising the stakes. All we do is turn Mondominant and Coppin's block into a chopping block, into a butchery. See how much we can get away with. You will still turn your head away when we eat whole cities alive. Raw food diets are always good for our system. You might call us Ixpay. But while you all whine, we find dine. You can follow our orders, or you can become our orders. You can try to make a door dash, but you can still be delivered on your front porch. So where would you like to be hunted down? In your hood, or just wearing one? We like dark meats falling off the bone. Jive turkeys have never tasted so good a city, has never been so delicious, has never been so ripe for the picking. We omnivores like to peel the skin off strange fruit, you might call this eggs pay. But we be both chef and cereal killer, because the most important meal is always in the morning. <sighs> Do you smell it? Young blood bloodied young, bowels released after death like a nigga's lease after an eviction notice. Do you see it? Black bottom where children coming home from school, we call them fast food because they sure can run, just never for office. Do you hear it? When we pack this heat to boil them alive, they scream, they screech, just like Maryland crabs. This ain't no seasoning. This is just our cuffing season. Their old bays watch them become new corpses. You might call us Ixpay, but we don't pay for anything. We can eat as long as we want to. If you niggas want beef, that's a big mistake. Pig Latin is the new language of love, of food. And if you don't speak our language, you don't deserve to use your words at all. You might think us getting away with this is impossible. But us cops already have helicopters. Meaning, pigs have already begun to fly. And we're still hungry. Thank you. Oh, yes. That's a, a really interesting poem. How, how uh, for you, how does a poem like that start when you when you want to write a poem? So basically, I was like walking down the street. I was on my way to like practice for the team, and I walked past this police car, and it was like the most stereotypical image of the police you could imagine. Like they had like the donuts and the coffee, and they were just like laughing and talking together, but I couldn't hear what they were saying, and I was like. That's interesting. It's like pig Latin because like 
like cops and pigs. But um, yeah, that whole like idea transformed into the idea of them like eating our city alive because they're basically like taking all the children and like basically making them food for America. Now, there is a contemporary conversation happening about race and policing, the killing of Trayvon Martin, the rise of the Black Lives Matter movement, and subsequent widely circulated videos of police killings all shape this moment of action. But there are also deeper histories at work. Amadou Diallo was shot 41 times by NYPD officers back in 1999. He was unarmed. This next recording goes back to the turn of the millennium, and even further. It's an archival recording of Chicago-area slam legend Maria Mama McRae. She earned her nickname Mama because of her longevity in the slam world, and because she mentored a generation of young slam poets in Chicago in the 90s and early 2000s. She would also often mix in singing with her readings, and you'll hear a little bit of that in the poem that we share today. Maria was also a Marine and served in Vietnam. As the recent Spike Lee film The Five Bloods points out, Black bodies have often been sent overseas in times of war to suffer the physical and mental tolls of combat. And this goes back before Vietnam. World War II in many ways jump-started the civil rights movement. Black servicemen returned to a segregated country where they were treated as badly as ever despite their service. In the South, white German POWs were treated better than black veterans. In Vietnam, a disproportionate number of the young men and women sent into combat were black. You can hear Maria's full reading back in episode 58 of Poetry Spoken Here. This is her poem, Semper Fi Jewelry Box. It was recorded live almost 20 years ago, so the audio is a little rough, but the meaning comes through all the same. Um, a lot of people ask me about my experience in Vietnam, and um, my friend Nina Corwin is here, so I do this, and maybe she'll do her uh, Vietnam piece later. Yeah, I am a former Marine. I'm a Vietnam vet. Yeah. Simplify. Uh, this is titled um, Simplify Jewelry Box. And the first part of it, I, I do a lot of music in my um, poetry. I think it, it lends itself to that. Um, Paris Island, South Carolina is the only place they train WMs. They called us uh, BAMs. Um, the GIs said it meant uh, broad-ass Marines, but I tend to think it meant beautiful American Marines. So um, <laughs> that being said, um, one of the cadence um, things we came up with while we were marching around was this little ditty, that, and it's done to the tune of Riders on the Storm, I do believe, but um, it has nothing to do with Riders on the uh, Okay, and then I do the poem. It's titled Simplified Jewelry Box. You can have your army khakis, you can have your navy blues, but here's another uniform I'll introduce to you. This uniform is different, the finest ever seen. The Germans called us devil dogs, the name is just Marine, Marine. We fought the war in Mexico, we fought at Belo Woods, we fought a thousand places that no one thought we could. Our name is Holy Terror, among the Viet Cong, a war fought bravely. 
a war some say was wrong. Marines, Marines, so boys, here's a little tip I'll pass along to you. Just get yourself a good Marine, there's nothing she can do. And when I get to heaven, St. Peter, I will tell another Marine reporting, sir. I served my time in hell. What was it like? People keep asking me. Is it a voyeuristic thrill you seek for free, or is it real concern when I stare thousand miles vacantly? Dead decades duet plus I now remember a numbed non-response, my only answer never and ever, no more the same, reliving the murdering shame. Long ago were lady deaths decades, twice. There were brown brothers I helped ice. The facts of delayed stress and Edwin Starr continue to ask me, war, Maria, huh, what is it good for? Ponchos, honchos, afros, cornrow-wearing chit, camouflage, sea rations, chevrons, military racist shit. The poison noise of bloopers shattering my bones, killing and re-killing boys with my same skin tones. Brothers and sisters, my many-hued brethren, long gone dead and crucifixed, shoelaces adorn necks and wrists, Quonset huts given dap, doo-wopping, raised black fists. The gym gleam warmth worms its way under skin. Too many body bags with brothers and sisters going home in. Too many necks adorned with fingers and ears, eliminated enemy ears for favored souvenirs. Cambodian red, Acapulco gold, gone days and nights, bayonets blade, M16 insane, one-sided firefights, brothers guzzle gasoline because they took a wrong plunge. Now they drink death to kill crabs on throats and tongues. Nickel for new nookie, yum yum, Yankee, hey girl, hey girl, you marine too, nickel lick, nickel suck, good fuck, for dying, me eat em you. Normal? Normal? Never and ever, no more the same, reliving a murdered country's shame, too many necks adorned with fingers and ears, eliminated enemy ears for favorite souvenirs, dead decades duet plus, forever I cry, forever I cry for those who needlessly died. Forever I cry, I serve my time in hell. Our next poet is Lavin Osman with her poem, Ordinary Heaven. In it, she stakes out big questions for herself. Too often, Black voices are only called upon in popular culture either to speak on so-called black issues, I hope you can hear my air quotes through the microphone, or to discuss pain, suffering, and history. And those are all valuable and important conversations and topics, but it's also important to have black voices tackling big questions, cosmic questions. And that's exactly what this poem does. You can hear her full conversation and reading back in episode 23 of Poetry Spoken Here. Um, and so I'll read, uh, since you mentioned the chapbook that uh, 
the dear Ted Kuzier wrote um, an intro for, I'll um, read that poem, which is kind of a seed poem for the entire book. The questions that are contained in it are ones that have really stayed throughout Beautiful. the whole collection. So, Ordinary Heaven. I arrange a doll in a chair and wait for her to speak. I want to say, be, but am an ordinary creation. I watch for the folds under her eyes to twitch. I have many dreams, I say to her. In my dreams, I'm better than myself. I soften peppers in a well-greased pan and make announcements. I say, in the afterlife, we cannot allow a single particle of our light to diminish. I am not a woman prophet, but I know paradise. I have seen my soul sitting on grass. There, I learned God doesn't know shame. And after six days, he allowed our atmosphere to make certain souls wince. We crawl under its magnificence. Here, I can attain ordinary heavens. Here, I attend to my book of questions. What is love? Why does it say, allow me to mogul your soul? Where does it keep what it takes? What does the prostrating shadow request? Why do rocks enslave water? What is the slave's poem? Does the sea favor its roar or murmur? The doll cannot answer and the furrow in her bottom lip suggests that entry into ordinary heaven only requires recognition of it for the soul's arrogance to weigh less than a mustard seed. I am sorry for you, I tell her. You witness, but don't testify. The final poet in today's episode is Mason Granger. He's the creator of Slam Find, which connects poets to slam venues around the world. He's also the executive director of Bowery Arts and Sciences. In this excerpt from his full interview and reading, back in episode 34 of Poetry Spoken Here, he gives some writing advice, and then, in his poem, Bro, offers a workout routine for the body politic. All right, so this poem came about, so one of the things when I'm especially doing uh, shows for younger kids, but it definitely applies across the board when you open up to a Q&A after the show, Someone, mm-hmm. uh, be they like an aspiring writer or, or, or whatever, will ask something to the effect of where do you get your inspiration from? Like, what makes mm-hmm. you think to write these poems? Um, and so for me, recently, in the past like year or two, has been resisting the urge to post something on social media. If throughout the day, da 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 da, and I have like a thought that's like, a little clever, maybe mm-hmm. just a little spark of whatever. And and a lot of times people will have that and then they put it in a tweet and send it out and get, yeah. you know, five retweets or whatever. Or they'll make that their Facebook status and they'll get some likes and people commenting like, yeah, so true. And then, yeah. that's, but then that's the end of it. So I'm, and, and I'm looking at it like, man, I'm not, I'm not giving away this great thought for free. Like I don't, I don't want to just have have this one little, you know, a one-liner that's that has, has something yeah. to it and then just throw it into the universe and keep walking. So what I've been doing is taking those and instead of posting them, write it down, 
and then next time I go to write oh. or next time I sit down, um, you know, open up to that page and actively try to expound on that idea yeah. as much as possible. You know, maybe there was a, a right. more geniusness in there and then you can dig it out or maybe it really was just a one-liner and all right, cool. But really trying to maximize whatever that spark was that made you think, oh, that's a great idea. Like trying to, to make that as full as possible. So with that that's said. Ex- that's excellent. That's an excellent tip for writers. Hey, thank as you. As a source. You know, really. I mean, that's a new one on me. I love it, you know. All right. Cool, cool. Um, so one of those yeah. that came about was, uh, I had to say, like, what if people worked out instead of a, I think it was an old SNL skit. It was like, oh, Hans and Franz, I pick things up and put them down. Um, what if instead of picking things up and putting them down, you pick things up and then you did something with it? So that was the idea. So here's a poem. Bro, I just started this new workout program, bro. You got to come with me. So, you know, like at the regular gym. You pay them the monies to pick things up and put them down. Well, look, I had this ideas. What if we pick things up and then we do things with it? So I started this new workout program. I calculated all the manual labor it takes to build a house, all the digging, the lifting, the nailing. Then I divided it up into rotating stations so everyone on the job gets a full body workout. Then, at the end of the session, we donate the home to a low-income family. It's called House of Reps. Bro, you got to come with me. So you see, first we start with legs, because of course you can't build a home on a weak foundation. So boom, I'm doing squats with an 80 pound bag of cement, squat, pour, squat, pour, boom, I got your foundation right here, bro. And then it's onto the frame. I do about six or seven barn raised presses and then hold, little carpenters come in like minions with nail guns, boom, 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 got a wall up, three more sets, boom, 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 I got your frame right here, bro. But then, then it gets deep. We coordinate with existing gym franchises all over the country to offer House of Reps as a special Saturday class. We then register House of Reps, the legal entity, as a 5013C nonprofit, making your class fees, workout apparel, and building materials all tax deductible. Grassroots philanthropy meets simple supply chain optimization, bro. So then it takes a look around at the world, you know, and it's so easy to run your mouth about everything you're against. But when it comes time to build together, crickets, but not here, bro. I'm not just lifting weights. I'm lifting my whole community. I'm blasting these pecs as a form of radical socialism. Oh, feel the burn. I don't care if he lost, feel the burn. And by this point in the program... We're still juiced up on love for our fellow proletariat. We crushed the rest of that house. I got dudes doing one-arm pull-ups onto the roof, laying the shingles. I'm in the back doing curls with a bag of doorknobs. And when we finally finish and hand over the keys to that family of four and the parents laid off, priced out of the neighborhood that they made nice in the first place. See, if I'm going to work out now, I might as well work out with a purpose. And when you hand them the product of that purpose, of that work, and they see what can be done when we decide to build together. My heart is ripped, bro. You got to come with me. You got to come with me. And isn't that what all of the protesters and activists out in the street and in city council meetings across the country are saying? Let's pick things up instead of putting them down. Let's hold them. 
Let's have a criminal justice system that focuses on rehabilitation instead of punishment. Let's have a community whose idea of safety isn't militarized policing, but interpersonal responsibility. Let's have laws that don't unfairly criminalize black life. Let's have a nation that lives up to its stated ideals, that feeds the hungry, houses the homeless, and cannot bear to look itself in the eye until it does right by all its citizens. Listening to Mason's poem, I was reminded of another, Could We Please Give the Police Departments to the Grandmothers, by Januta Petrus. It's a poem of radical imagination that throws out the destructive assumptions that too often hold back progress. So I'll leave today just saying, could we please give the police departments to the grandmothers? I'm Jack Rossiter-Munley, and this has been Poetry Spoken Here. Join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter Monley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetry spoken here. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetry spoken here. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com.